Welcome to the Ordinary Extraordinary Cemetery, where every death had a life and every life had a story. My name is Jenny Johnson. Hello, and I'm Diane Hartshorn. Merry Christmas. Or we could say Merry Christmas Eve, since that's when this episode is coming out. Um, we are getting ready to have our celebrations here at our house. We, we were having a time of it. Um, our oldest daughter works full time and she's, she volunteered to work Christmas Day. So um, because, you know, time and a half, why not? Well, definitely. But we were trying to figure out the time to have the five of us be able to sit down and like have a Christmas dinner together. So I think we got it figured out. We're looking forward to it. How about yourselves? Well, good. Um, it'll just be um, five of us as well. <laughs> and um, my son will be leaving shortly after Christmas or shortly after the new year. He's going to be moving to Brooklyn. Oh, wow. And he's taking my grand dog. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward. It's going to be a nice Christmas. Be, of course, very quiet because of the, the COVID. Yep. Stuff, but looking forward to it and, you know, decorating and making cookies and just oh, you're ahead of me. Christmassy stuff. I have not done any baking. That's the one thing I have. Other aside from a birthday cake last week for my daughter, I haven't done any of the baking. We've done all the decorating. I'm done with Christmas shopping. I stopped to wrap presents, but the shopping part's done. But that's yeah. I, I haven't had the like the desire to do the baking. Like it just hasn't been on my list. Although I think we're gonna try some definitely on Christmas Eve. My son and I have that day off. The two of us aren't, don't have to be at work or anything. So I think we, he's been wanting to make a gingerbread house, which we haven't done oh, in a couple fun. of years. So I yeah. thought that would be a fun thing to do on Christmas Eve. The two of us while everybody else is working, we'll, we'll make a gingerbread house. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't bake it all last year. So it was like, okay, maybe I'll just do it every other year or something. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that works. Um, something else that's exciting. And I want to say thank you so, so much to our listeners who I know there's several of you who are listening to every episode every week. And Diane and I are super grateful Very. that you are enjoying um, the content that we're creating and putting out there for you and that you're enjoying all the episodes and the history. Um, and we want to say thank you. Um, I got an email yesterday from our host, our um, podcast host, which we use um, Buzzsprout for, and they sent an email congratulating us on over a thousand downloads of our podcast, which we are just floored. I mean, we've only been doing this since October. This episode now is only episode number 12 of them. So to have a thousand downloads, a thousand times somebody has listened to us is phenomenal. And we are so grateful and we are so excited to continue making more episodes going into next year for you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. This is very it's, exciting. It is. It's like a big Christmas present for us just because yeah. we know you like it so much. And, and um, we are so excited to be able to put more episodes out. We, we are going to do some fun and fabulous stuff in 2021. Um, now that we're sort of getting the hang of how to put the episodes together and the recording side of it and the tech side of it, we'll be able to focus, I think, a little more on um, the cemeteries that we talk about and the stories that we share. And we have guests lined up and we're going to do some um, episodes with other podcasters. So that's going to be fun. So there's a lot of things to look forward to next year. So we are, again, super thankful that so many of you are enjoying what we're doing and we're so excited to bring you more content going into the new year. So it makes a nice way to kind of round out the end of the year. 
Yes, here and definitely. This. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening and enjoying our podcast. Yes. So um, since this episode is being released on Christmas Eve, we wanted to do something just a little bit different than we've been doing. Um, so we decided we would just share a Christmas story with you. But because this podcast is about cemeteries, we will make a short visit to the graveside of Louisa May Alcott in Sleepy Hollow Cemetery in Concord, Massachusetts. It is one of her short Christmas stories we will share today. Sleepy Hollow Cemetery, and there, there's actually, well, there's probably more than two, but there is actually a more famous Sleepy Hollow Cemetery in New York, which is the one that the legend of Sleepy Hollow is based out of. This is not that cemetery, just in case any listeners are confused. This is a different Sleepy Hollow Cemetery, although they aren't too far apart. Um, but I know a lot more people know the, the New York one as opposed to the Massachusetts one. So Sleepy Hollow Cemetery was dedicated on September 29th, 1855, with a special address given by author Ralph Waldo Emerson. It is Concord's largest and only active public cemetery. This cemetery was designed as a classic Victorian garden cemetery. Here you will find the Melvin Monument, designed by Daniel Chester French, in honor of three brothers who all died during the Civil War. Here, too, is Authors Ridge, where lie the remains of several American authors, including Ralph Waldo Emerson, Nathaniel Hawthorne, Harriet M. Lothrop, whose pseudonym was Margaret Sidney, and her daughter, Margaret Mulford Lothrop, Frank Sanborn, Henry David Thoreau, and of course, Louisa May Alcott. We are not going to spend a lot of time discussing the cemetery or Louisa May Alcott today, as we do plan to revisit Sleepy Hollow in the future. We just wanted to make the quick visit to honor a much beloved author. She is, of course, best known for her novel, Little Women, but she was a prolific writer her entire life and wrote many wonderful short stories and poems in addition to her novels. She truly loved Christmas and brought to life inspiring stories about the holiday. And now to the story. Tilly's Christmas was originally published in Aunt Jo's Scrap Bag, Volume 1, My Boys and Other Stories. I'm so glad tomorrow is Christmas because I'm going to have lots of presents. So am I glad, though I don't expect any presents but a pair of mittens. And so am I, but I shan't have any presents at all. As the three little girls trudged home from school, they said these things, and as Tilly spoke, both the others looked at her with pity and some surprise, for she spoke cheerfully, and they wondered how she could be happy when she was so poor and she could have no presents on Christmas. Don't you wish you could just find a purse full of money right here on the path, said Kate, the child who was going to have lots of presents. Oh, don't I, if I could keep it honestly. And Tilly's eyes shone at the very thought. What would you buy? Asked Bessie, rubbing her cold hands and longing for her mittens. I'd buy a pair of large, warm blankets, a load of wood, a shawl for mother, and a pair of shoes for me. And if there was enough left, I'd give Bessie a new hat. And then she needn't wear Ben's old belt one, answered Tilly. The girls laughed at that. 
but Bessie pulled the funny hat over her ears and said she was much obliged, but she'd rather have candy. Let's look and maybe we can find a purse. People are always going about with money at Christmas time and someone may lose it here, said Kate. So as they went along the snowy road, they looked about them, half in earnest, half in fun. Suddenly, Tilly sprang forward, explaining, I see it! I found it! The others followed, but all stopped disappointed, for it wasn't a purse, it was only a little bird. It lay upon the snow with its wings spread and feebly fluttering, as if too weak to fly. Its little feet were benumbed with cold, its once bright eyes were dull with pain, and instead of a blithe song, it could only utter a faint chirp now and then, as if crying for help. Nothing but a stupid old robin. How provoking, cried Kate, sitting down to rest. I shan't touch it. I found one once and took care of it, and the ungrateful thing flew away the minute it was well, said Bessie, creeping under Kate's shawl and putting her hands under her chin to warm them. Poor little birdie, how pitiful he looks, and how glad he must be to see someone coming to help him. I'll take him up gently and carry him home to mother. Don't be frightened, dear. I'm your friend. And Tilly knelt down in the snow, stretching her hand to the bird with the tenderest pity in her face. Kate and Bessie laughed. Don't stop for that thing. It's getting late and cold. Let's go on and look for the purse they said, moving away. You wouldn't leave it to die, cried Tilly. I'd rather have the bird than the money, so I shan't look any more. The purse wouldn't be mine, and I should only be tempted to keep it. But this poor old thing will thank and love me, and I'm so glad I came in time. Gently lifting the bird, Tilly felt its tiny cold claws cling to her hand and saw its dim eyes brighten as it nestled down with a grateful chirp. Now I have a Christmas present after all, she said, smiling as they walked on. I always wanted a bird, and this one will be such a pretty pet for me. He'll fly away the first chance he gets and die anyhow, so you'd better not waste your time over him, said Bessie. He can't pay you for taking care of him, and my mother says it isn't worthwhile to help folks that can't help us. At it, Kate. My mother says, do as you'd be done by. And I'm sure I'd like anyone to help me if I was dying of cold and hunger. Love your neighbor as yourself is another of her sayings. This bird is my little neighbor, and I love him and care for him, as I often wish our rich neighbor would love and care for us, answered Tilly, breathing her warm breath over the benumbed bird, who looked up at her with confiding eyes, quick to feel and know a friend. What a funny girl you are, said Kate, caring for that silly bird and talking about loving your neighbor in that sober way. Mr. King don't care a bit for you and never will, though he knows how poor you are. So I don't think your plan amounts to much. I believe it though, and I shall do my part anyway. Good night, I hope you'll have a Merry Christmas and lots of pretty things answered Tilly as they parted. Her eyes were full, and she felt so poor as she went on alone towards a little old house where she lived. It would have been so pleasant to know that she was going to have 
Some of the pretty things all the children love to find in their Christmas stockings on Christmas morning. And pleasanter still, to have been able to give her mother something nice. So many comforts were needed, and there was no hope of getting them, for they could barely get food and fire. Never mind, Bertie. We'll make the best of what we have and be merry in spite of everything. You shall have a happy Christmas anyway, and I know God won't forget us, even if everyone else does. She stopped a minute to wipe her eyes and lean her cheek against the bird's soft breast, finding great comfort in the little creature, though it could only love her nothing more. See, mother, what a nice present I found, she cried, going in with a cheery face that was like sunshine in the dark room. I am glad to hear that, dearie, for I haven't been able to get my little girl anything but a rosy apple. Poor bird, give us some of your warm milk and bread. Why, mother, what a big bowlful. I'm afraid you gave me all the milk, said Tilly, smiling over the nice steaming supper that stood ready for her. I've had plenty, dear. Sit down and dry your wet feet and put the bird in my basket on this warm flannel. Tilly peeped into the closet and saw nothing there but dry bread. Mother's given me all the milk and is going without her tea because she knows I'm hungry. Now I'll surprise her and she shall have a good supper too. She is going to split wood and I'll fix it while she's gone. So Tilly put down the old teapot carefully poured out a part of the milk and from her pocket produced a great plummy bun that one of the school children had given her and she had saved for her mother. A slice of the dry bread was nicely toasted and a bit of butter set by for her put on it. When her mother came in, there was the table drawn up in a warm place, a hot cup of tea ready and Tilly and Bertie waiting for her. Such a poor little supper, and yet such a happy one, for love, charity, and contentment were guests there, and that Christmas Eve was a blither one than that up at the great house, where lights shone, fires blazed, a great tree glittered, and music sounded as the children danced and played. We must go to bed early, for we only enough wood to last over tomorrow. I shall be paid for my work the day after, and then we can get some said Tilly's mother as they sat by the fire. If my bird was only a fairy bird and would give us three wishes, how nice it would be. Poor dear, he can't give me anything, but it's no matter, answered Tilly, looking at the robin, who lay in the basket with his head under his wing, a mere little feathery bunch. He can give you one thing, Tilly, the pleasure of doing good. That is one of the sweetest things in life and the poor can enjoy it as well as the rich. As her mother spoke with her tired hand, softly stroking her little daughter's hair, Tilly suddenly started and pointed to the window saying in a frightened whisper, I saw a face, a man's face looking in. It's gone now, but I truly saw it. Some traveler trapped by the light perhaps. I'll go and see. And Tilly's mother went to the door. No one was there. The wind blew cold, the stars shone, the snow lay white on field and wood, and the Christmas moon was glittering in the sky. What sort of face was it? asked Tilly's mother, coming back. 
a pleasant sort of face, I think. But I was so startled, I didn't quite know what it was like. I wish we had a curtain there, said Tilly. I like to have our light shine out in the evening, for the road is dark and lonely just here, and the twinkle of our lamp is pleasant to people's eyes as they go by. We can do so little for our neighbors. I am glad to cheer the way for them. Now put these poor old shoes to dry and go to bed, dearie. I'll come soon. Tilly went, taking her bird with her to sleep in his basket nearby, lest he should be lonely in the night. Soon the little house was dark and still, and no one saw the Christmas spirits at their work that night. When Tilly opened the door next morning, she gave a loud cry, clapped her hands, and then stood still, quite speechless with wonder and delight. There before the door lay a great pile of wood, all ready to burn, a big bundle and a basket, and a lovely nosegay of winter roses, holly, and evergreen tied to the handle. Oh, mother, did the fairies do it? cried Tilly, pale with her happiness as she seized the basket while her mother took in the bundle. Yes, dear, the best and dearest fairy in the world, called Charity. She walks abroad at Christmas time, does beautiful deeds like this, and does not stay to be thanked, answered her mother with full eyes as she undid the parcel. There they were, the warm thick blankets, the comfortable shawl, the new shoes, and best of all, a pretty winter hat for Bessie. The basket was full of good things to eat, and on the flowers lay a paper saying, For the little girl who loves her neighbor as herself. Mother, I really think my bird is a fairy bird, and all these splendid things come from him, said Tilly, laughing and crying with joy. It really did seem so, for as she spoke, the robin flew to the table, hopped to the new nosegay, and perching among the roses, began to chirp with all his little might. The sun streamed in on flowers, bird, and happy child, and no one saw a shadow glide away from the window. No one ever knew that Mr. King had seen and heard the little girls the night before, or dreamed that the rich neighbor had learned a lesson from the poor neighbor. And Tilly's bird was a fairy bird, for by her love and tenderness to the helpless thing, she brought good gifts to herself, happiness to the unknown giver of them, and a faithful little friend who did not fly away, but stayed with her till the snow was gone, making summer for her in the wintertime. The end. We hope you have enjoyed today's story. If this is your first visit to our podcast, please be sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes. You can find them at our website, www.TheOrdinaryExtraordinaryCemetery.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'd like to say thank you to Charlie Johnson for lending us his voice on today's episode. If you have listened to several or all of our episodes and love them, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This will help others to find us and listen too. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Ordinary Extraordinary Cemetery and on Twitter at Ord 
extra sim. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for joining us each week. We are truly grateful and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night until we meet again.